Welcome back to the Meet St. Louis podcast, the show taking you behind the scenes of your favorite restaurants, breweries, and small businesses. I'm your host, Alexis Zotos with First Alert 4. The idea, stay civil, is one we could all use a little more of in today's day and age. That's the motto at the South City Brewery, Civil Life. Founded in 2011 by Jake Hafner, Mike Bianco, and Dylan Mosley, the brewery is known for their malt-driven beers. Their bestseller and crowd favorite is the Civil Life Brown. It's a beer head brewer Dylan never imagined would take off in the way that it has. Dylan and Mike sat down with us inside the wood-filled pub to talk about how it all began with home brewing and how it's transformed into what it is today. A brewery with solid food, classic beers, and one of the best outdoor patios around. Let's meet Dylan and Mike. Thanks for joining me on the podcast, guys. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having uh, us. Busy day here, canning. Is that usually what happens on Wednesdays, or is there a schedule for that? Uh, it's certainly not uncommon. <laughs> you know, it, uh, the packaging schedule isn't written in stone, but it, it happens pretty much every week, uh, mostly like clockwork. <laughs> How many cans do you can on a day? Yeah, usually we're canning about 500 cases at a time. Okay. And we run about 44 cans a minute, so. 44 cans yeah, a minute. Yeah, you can do the math on that. <laughs> How much of a difference is it having a canning line like this compared to when you guys started out? Well, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's quite different um, in, in almost every respect. But at the same time, it, it still kind of has a familiarity that, I feel like has been there all along and but maybe that's just the familiarity amongst staff mm. but the you know the the job itself um has grown a lot yeah over the last few years 13 years ago you guys opened uh roughly yeah roughly okay walk me back talk to me about the beginning sure yeah we we're all working with Dylan and myself. We're working for Jake Hafner, who's mm-hmm. our beloved owner here. We were working for him at a bar he owned in Lafayette Square called 33. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had a really good beer list that uh, Dylan that was already existed, but then Dylan came on and helped curate, kind of took it to the next level. At the same time, Dylan was an avid home brewer. Mm. Uh, and unfortunately or fortunately, he invited me to come over and, and help him one day. And then we kind of started brewing regularly in his basement. Um, and kind of was around that time. I think Jake had owned 33 for about maybe six or seven years. And I think he was maybe looking for a change. And he came up with a crazy idea to, to open a brewery back in about 2006, 2007. Right. Kind of the seed was planted. And I don't, speaking for myself, I never envisioned myself working at a, a brewery. It never really had crossed my <laughs> what mind. What were you, like, what was your thought then? Yeah. Like, what was, what was life's aspirations at those points? I mean, that, those are all great questions that I wish <laughs> I had better answers to. Um, you know, I, I think that the aspirations have always kind of come late from me personally. So, like, when this all started to develop, I felt like I was kind of caught in a current mm. um, and I was glad to be in that current because uh, it, it was a hobby and a, 
uh, a kind of history that I, I was enjoying. And, you know, to certainly be able to partake, you know, with friends. And that endeavor was kind of icing on the cake, I guess, you know. And, um, but I, I think a lot of it felt like, you know, jumping into something that the clarity would come much later. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, because this is a time when, uh, um, very different from now when it comes to the craft beer world, uh, kind of give our listeners an idea of what things looked like 13 years ago when it came to craft beer in St. Louis. Well, I mean, it's it's a little hard to paint that picture because in in a lot of ways, craft beer existed. It's just that it didn't exist on a super visible level to to everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's there's always been people who take anything super seriously, and 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 it it, it kind of the groundswell of watching craft beer become kind of the tidal wave that it became. Um, I think was a large uh, a big part of like beer finding out how to market itself in a way that wasn't how the biggest breweries had been doing it, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, there's people traveling a lot and going to small breweries and coming back and reporting and, and being like, Hey, I found this really cool thing. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's even in retrospect, it's kind of hard to see, just exactly what happened with craft beer. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine when you opened where we'd be today when it came to when it comes to craft beer in St. Louis? I don't know if we quite imagined where we would be today. I think at the time we were just, you know, in the day-to-day grind, having never worked in a, a professional brewery, <laughs> having never opened a brewery before. We were in the, the day-to-day grind and kind of figured things out as we went, kind of seeing what stuck. Um, but we always had you know, really good group of people. And that was people that worked and also people that, that came and drank the beer. And that really kind of drove, I think, where we are today um, along the way. Yeah. So walk me back. All right. You guys are like, let's open up a brewery. What was the vision? What was the style you were looking for? What kind of beers did you think were sort of lacking from the St. Louis market? Well, um, a lot of kind of our initial thoughts about what we might pursue did end up changing mm. um, e- even uh, even kind of early on like I, I think um, I think when we first started developing the idea of, of being a brewery, there were some other extant breweries that made a lot of sense to us, and in some ways, I suppose we even tried to kind of follow. Uh, some themes that they were presenting in some of the uh, brews we were attempting. But then when it, when it came down to it, uh, we, we kind of dropped some of that mm. um, and kind of found ourselves, I think, being a little bit more pure to kind of an internal vision that didn't come from a specific place. It just kind of developed. Um, and I think homebrewing allows, um, 
a real sense of self, even if you happen to be using other people's ideas, mm -hmm. you know, like a, it's kind of like explaining a book that you read to someone, you know, like you'll, you'll, you're still explaining the book, but it's in your own words. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that by the time we got down here and, and we had uh, some recipes under our belt, they really felt more like our versions of things than, than anything else that we had done. And, and there were some, big things in the industry that uh, were happening that we didn't gravitate to. For example? Well, like IPA mm -hmm. was a big one. Um, and why not? What made you say, you know what, that's not the path we're looking at? I'm not sure. It just never really entered our, I don't know, our creative mindset in terms of the beers that we were interested in crafting. Um, so... I don't know, Dylan, why, why didn't we make an IPA? Well, <laughs> um, I, so sometimes I have to explain things by explaining other things. Okay. But, uh, it's the joy of a podcast. We yeah, have a little bit right, of time right. here. I, so sometimes, like, I, I think a little bit about uh, some of the, the rock scene that was going on in, like, a lot of clubs around the L.A. area about the time that Guns N' Roses was coming up. Okay. <laughs> they were, they were, they seemed brand new, right? Mm. And like a, a full force of nature, but they were coming from other bands that were kind of like them. And they, they really just kind of, uh, they amplified everything. And you, you couldn't really touch them with a 10 foot pole. Everything they did was just, you know, Guns N' Roses. And IPA kind of strikes me a little bit like that, that force. Like mm. you either kind of have to play that game and be, and, and be everything that that is, or it becomes average really fast. Mm. And I don't know, like there were IPAs that I really enjoyed and there were, ideas that I think we had about IPA, but for me personally, it just never really seemed like something that I had to do. Hmm. Um, it, it just, it's not that it do wasn't interesting. Do you feel like that is a confidence that you gathered from from homebrewing, from not feeling pressured to be like, okay, I have to do this. We're a new brewery. We've got to have the things that people expect from a brewery. Where do you think the confidence came from? Yeah. I, I think, honestly, Jake gave us some freedom as well to, to brew what we like to brew. Um, and there wasn't, um, you know, a marketing team that said IPA is the number one beer in America. This is what we need to make, yeah. you know? So I think that that freedom allowed us to explore other styles. Mm -hmm. um, and we love hoppy beer. We make some really hoppy beers. Our most popular beer, um, American Brown, is actually a very hop-forward beer, just mm -hmm. packaged in a different way. And I think that's, you know, how we kind of came to our approach to, to making different beers. Yeah. So you knew what you didn't want to do. So talk to me about those first styles. What did you say? Hey, here's how we are introducing civil life to St. Louis. Well, uh, 
Interestingly, we're actually, uh, we just brewed one of those beers uh, just the other day, uh, our, our British bitter. Um, when, when we first started uh, opening the doors, uh, we, we had, you know, a very small handful of beers. And all of them had kind of this, uh, I don't know, melting pot aspect to them in that they were all pretty well-known, pretty definable, pretty traditional type beers, but they were all modified with kind of a sense of like Americana mm. about them. And um, I've always thought maybe if there was a theme amongst uh, most of our beer, it's, it's that. It's that, you know, we may look to some pretty traditional styles, a lot of European styles, a lot of English and, and German and whatnot, but there's always a thread of Americana that um, can't, I, that I, I don't really want to avoid. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of the part of it that I really enjoy. Um, so yeah, like the British bitter, uh, and even like at the time when we were brewing our, our German Hefeweizen, like that was blended with an American yeast. Mm. Um, I don't know. There, there, there were some really interesting things about all of those beers that, uh, I felt like were traditional enough that we could get away from only being traditional. Mm. Brewing a beer like that today, has it changed at all since when you first brewed it? Have you made tweaks, changes along the way, or have you kept that recipe for 13 years? Yeah, we pretty stayed pretty true to that original recipe. Um, a couple small minor tweaks here and there, but I think the core essence of the beer is, is still the same. Um, yeah, and that, you know, as we grew, as we were able to, you know, build our our confidence in the brew house. I think other styles came along the way. Um, and then we were able to kind of develop a, from those kind of base recipes that we started brewing in Dylan's basement, those four <laughs> or five recipes that we kind of came up with. And then we're able to expand on those, see reactions from our clients, from our customers, talk to people across the bar. What were they interested in drinking? Uh, how did they relate to the beers that we made? And then move from there into to other things along the along those first two or three years when we were really trying to get our feet wet. How do you feel like that growth has happened for you? Uh, you guys have expanded, you've grown, you've got this like gorgeous, amazing new patio now. Talk to me about that growth that you have seen over these years. Well, the, the, the growth that we've seen has been kind of on all fronts, you know, like uh, when I walk around the the brewery and and the pub and you know out on the patio like our our staff has grown our our patronage has grown our parking lot's grown our brewery's <laughs> you know everything's everything's bigger and um you know the the growth to me is um it's I suppose on on the one side it, it feels to me a little bit inevitable because I felt like right out of the gate, I felt very, very good about what we were putting out there. And, um, you know, I was nervous when we first started. Um, but after the first couple of weeks, um, I, I really felt like we had put a good foot forward and, and that 
honestly, I felt like we were going to do well. You could tell right away. Um, you know, maybe not in the sense that like anything definitive, sure. but I, I kind of felt like, uh, you know, the minute you, <laughs> you throw the ball and you know, the person's going to catch yeah. it, even though they haven't <laughs> caught it, you know, like it, it just kind of felt like that. And, um, you know, the, the growth that is, has been the most rewarding has been the fact that, um, uh, internally, I feel like the brewery, like, just knows a lot more about not only what it's doing, but where it's going and uh, what we need to accomplish mm. uh, those things. Um, that, that's something that just develops, you know, you don't have it right away. Yeah. You talk about that growth. It talk, I'm super curious about sort of the logistics of, of growing from where you were to where you are now to what you're producing in that amount of beer. Talk about how you guys have sort of um, increased that capacity of, of brewing, not just for the pub here, but obviously all across St. Louis where people can find your beers. Yeah, we've honestly been lucky to have a great team out in the brewery and in the pub and in the kitchen. And so all everybody working together for that, that goal is, is really nice. Um, out on the brewery side of things, it's become, it's happened pretty organically. We've added more tank space. We've added more people. We've added a canning line. Um, so all of those things kind of come in piecemeal as you're growing and you kind of adapt as those things are added. Um, we were lucky enough to add a canning line back in, 2019 our own canning line um and that was kind of fortuitous with <laughs> the closure of the pandemic yeah. and that was good timing to yeah, get that in there yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. so yeah how far all, and wide are your cans going right now or how far do you guys yeah we're it? in really just close to home mm-hmm. so missouri and illinois are our two main markets and i think that's the way that the craft is going in general um I think people are looking for a connection to their drink. Um, and I think locality is really the one of the big drivers um, for people's purchasing decisions, along with quality. But I think that's a, a big, big driver. Um, and we've been lucky with our space here in South City that we're able to connect with customers across the bar. Um, you see our beer out on the grocery store shelf or in your local bar in the city. So that, that really helps drive our growth and our customer base. Has that changed over the years and kind of what you imagined the future might hold? Did, was there a time period where you guys said, you know what, we want to get, we want to spread and distribute much farther than sort of the, the close region. And, and how did those kind of conversations change as the craft beer industry changed? Well, I, I think, um, I think any industry that sees uh, growth in its competitors, it's it's easy to see yourself uh, doing the same, mm-hmm. and it's exciting. And uh, craft beer was in um, a huge phase of growth uh, for quite a while, and not only did we see it in our market, but we saw it on, on both coasts and, and worldwide, really, mm-hmm. with craft beer. And it's, uh, it's definitely burned uh, a lot of breweries in different ways. Um, 
but I think one of the advantages to being a small brewery going through growth uh, for us was that we almost couldn't get too big, mm, mm-hmm. you know, um, and there's there's always the opportunity to uh, to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and I I don't know like there is a there is a point where it transforms what you've done too much yeah. maybe, or maybe not maybe I shouldn't say it transforms it too much but it it does transform it in ways that you couldn't expect. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so even like the growth that we've gone through, which by all appearances looks like a lot on a daily basis, it doesn't feel like a lot, Mm. you know, um, there's still a lot of very core stuff. Um, yeah, there's more of it and, and yeah, it's a little more spread out and takes more effort to kind of keep it all tidy but um but it still feels pretty much the same Mm. to me um one of the things that strikes me though about growth is that uh there are things that just pop up that are beyond your control you know uh, supply and you know supply chain stuff and you know some of those things get a little tricky and not as fun Mm -hmm. to deal with but you know frankly some of the not fun stuff just means you're grown up and, and that's okay too. <laughs> yeah. you know? What do you, you mentioned that it sort of feels the same, you know, that you guys have sort of kept that, that vibe that I think a lot of people think of when they think of civil life. What do you think that is? What do you think defines civil life when we are talking about breweries, especially in the St. Louis region where we have so many great ones, but so many of them have really individual identities, civil life included. What do you think defines that identity for you um i think it's the people Uh, we've had a core group of people that have been here since we opened Mm -hmm. um and i think that which is a a, a pretty rare thing yeah it's a huge advantage and obviously there and people that have come and gone over the years too especially on the brewery side that have made a huge contribution to the beer itself but um i think community you know really it drives civil life the people that come and drink our beer here, um, the staff, all those things kind of come together. Um, but yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, that's a big question. Um, you know, what is your identity? Yeah. Right? I mean, that's, that's really huge because and I don't really know that we all the time know. Mm. Um, I think a lot of it is what, you know, like, like Mike pointed out that what the patronage makes it out to be. And, you know, uh, there are a lot of breweries that, that people go to in order to have an experience they've never had before. You know, I want to try something new. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my impression of this place is that we are not that. Mm. Where someone's not coming here in order to try something brand new. Like it, in terms um, of like a brand new style yeah, kind of idea? Yeah, or, or like chasing down something that uh, is, is, you know, foreign to them mm. or, you know, like... Uh, which is not to say people are coming here because it's expected. There's a comfort, though. Comfort. Uh, yeah, 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 I guess there's, um, you know, uh, we're, we're providing a place that uh, allows whoever came in to hopefully have the experience uh, that comes from within rather than, you know, 
telling them they are having our experience. Okay, interesting. You know? Okay, I like that. Um, let's talk about some of those beers. You talk about sort of those traditional styles, the what you mentioned the most popular, the American Brown. American Brown, yeah. Easily, I imagine. Um, what are some of, what's your favorite? To uh, brew or to drink? Sure. And uh, it just depends on the time of year. I think <laughs> the beauty of kind of the way that we make beer uh, can kind of track the seasons mm-hmm. uh, or just the time of year that it is, um, which I always enjoy. Um, so like Dylan mentioned, we brewed our British bitter, which is one of our original recipes that we worked on together. And that, that beer always just kind of, I don't know, takes me back to his basement uh, when we were <laughs> both naive and didn't really know what we were getting into. And I just love it for that reason. It's a great beer too. Um, but like we just re-released our Scotch Ale um, which is another rest, one of our original recipes. Um, and that beer to me, um, just the balance between the roast, the malt and the hot profile. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That always just reminds me of the, um, the create creative experience of coming up with a recipe that Dylan and I used to have as well. And I think that's another one that I enjoy drinking right now. Same question. Yeah. Um, I, I, I get asked this uh, a, a decent amount, and I keep thinking I should come up with a better answer or a better way of, of saying it. But I, my favorite beer is the American Brown, mm-hmm. and um, well, there's probably a reason it's the most popular. Yeah, it keeps you know, a roof over your you head, know, it's so, so funny because, like, you know, when we first uh, were thinking about opening, uh, we we did another kind of roundtable discussion real early on, and we hadn't even opened yet or anything, and someone asked me, like, you know. What, what is it you, you hope to do? And just real casually, I said something about, well, I'd really like, hope that, you know, we can do something with brown beer, you know. And, and I'll be darned if, like, that didn't, like, totally come true um, independently of, you know, like, I didn't have, like, a Harry Potter wand and no. make it happen. <laughs> it just did. And, you know, I... I came to love homebrewing because of brown beer. Mm. And uh, it was because I loved the idea of brown beer, but I hadn't had a good one. Mm. And, uh, or, well, I shouldn't say that. I hadn't had anything that that really fit what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. And even the homebrew that I had ever done on my own didn't didn't fit what Mm -hmm. I wanted. But... When we, when we brewed it here, um, it did. <laughs> and it kind of just felt like uh, the most monumental puzzle piece of, you know, my early adult life locking into place that in a, in a way that I never, ever would have thought it could. And uh, it meant so much to me that, like, I felt like, you know, I felt like you're on the beach and you find you find that rock that you're like, wow, I really didn't expect this, or you know, like it did, but here it is. Do you get people that have come that come in that try it, or your you, your staff recommends it, who've been like, ah, no, nah, I don't like browns, or like that's not my style, and then do you get sort of that like aha moment? Do you I get mean, to see I that mean, sometimes? <laughs> it, 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 taste is a funny thing, like you know, like. Um, a lot of the time, you know, uh, people that 
say, oh, I don't like such and such. Mm-hmm. And they're probably right, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, I don't like coffee. Okay, well, don't have the coffee. <laughs> and, and, but, you know, I don't that's... I know, but have you had a really good coffee? <laughs> right. Like, that's no, what I would I mean, say. It, it is true. What I do find more interesting than, like, you know, uh, than necessarily someone liking or not liking the brown is, like, if they like the brown, oftentimes I find out that they like the German wheat also. Like, and they, to me, they seem like such different beers mm. and I, I still can't like wrap my head around what that theme is or what that thread that ties things together like that um but uh you know like my my wife uh really likes brown beer but she doesn't particularly like the American brown interesting um, she really likes uh more of a Belgian type brown mm-hmm. and uh I always you know like I'm I can never take American Brown home because that's not <laughs> She's like, the nah, one she no likes. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> what what does the future look like for you guys here at Civil Life? You guys have expanded, uh, you know, for folks that maybe haven't had a chance to come check out the new patio. I mean, heck, it's a sunny day today. They should come out. <laughs> but, I mean, people need to come out, check that out. But what does, what does the future hold? What yeah. are you hopeful for? I think we were building our new patios and, the expansion kind of during the heart of the pandemic. Um, and I think just coming out of that isolation and then opening the patios here uh, with kind of the revamped bar space. Um, I don't know. There was, it was really nice just to get out of that, have people come in, have people experience, you know, the beer face to face again was, was really amazing. And I think we really just want to build on that. I think we want to, you know, keep building those relationships, um, here across the bar out on the you know and also out in the market itself and then see where it takes us like it's definitely a more challenging beer market than it was when we opened in in 2011 but um i think we're excited for the challenge i think we are looking for ways to connect with people that we haven't connected with um and i think people tell me all the time that they've never heard of civil life and really yeah yeah so i think there's how do you take that uh you know i (laughs) I think mostly <laughs> it's our fault for not, you know, reaching them. So mm-hmm. I, I take it more of a challenge. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, great. Well, how can I tell you more about who we are, tell you about our beer, and how can we, you know, draw those people in that we maybe we're not um, reaching, but also just, yeah, keep building those relationships with the people that we have. Um, and then and on the beer side, there's always always something new to explore and experience and you know yeah is there any is there a style is there something that you want you know you talk about not being sort of that like trendy thing but are there styles that you are that you play around with that you hope to experience and and bring here to civil life well i i don't think there's ever a reason for us to say anything is completely off limits um but I, I, I have a personal opinion about like the, the kind of boundaries that, that, that feel the best for, mm-hmm. our, for our beer. Um, I, I think that there's, in, in only using the four main ingredients, it still just really seems kind of infinite, like what you can do with, with those four. So um, I, I don't really know. I, I think, I think in terms of like what we're gonna do as we as we move forward, um, I almost don't want to look too hard 
uh, and just kind of, again, see, see how things go. Um, sometimes I feel like the, the plan can get in the way a little bit, you know, and uh, we operate pretty well um, as a collective. And um, I think as we keep coming up with good ideas, we'll, we'll just kind of have them naturally. You know we love a good chat with St. Louis's best brewers. We'd love to know where's your favorite brewery in town. Let us know on social media, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Meet St. Louis Podcasts, and let us know what brewery we need to visit for our next episode. Thanks for listening. We'll meet you back here next week.